A recent Pennsylvania grand jury report exposed over a thousand incidents of sexual abuse at the hands of 300 pedophilic priests over a 70-year period. Forget the Catholic Church for a minute. Potentially, what could these results tell you about your church? We're talking about that right here today on the Dunamis Word. God bless you, my friend. This is Pastor Harvey Burnett coming to you once again with a uh, broadcast on the uh, sexual abuse scandal that has really uh, hit and rocked the news here lately. This is a very, very special broadcast. I'm doing a simulcast with uh, our blog and radio listeners as well as a YouTube video. So uh, we thank you for taking the special time to tune in to us today. And uh, we hope that the next few minutes that we share with you, the information you'll find valuable and uh, you'll be encouraged in spite of this uh, tragic and horrific scene that has uh, taken place uh, within this uh, particular uh, Catholic Church scandal. Now, for those of you on YouTube, you know I've got the uh, uh, glasses with the with the paper clip in them. They're my favorite glasses, okay? I can't get rid of them. So, uh, But for those of you on the radio, you don't have to bother with that. So uh, uh, thank God for that. Uh, but nevertheless, um, uh, listen, real quickly, in order to reach me, you can. Uh, there are a number of different ways to do that. But let me tell you, one of the easiest ways are to go to the uh, Dunamis Word blog at BethelBurnett.blogspot.com. That's BethelBurnett.blogspot.com. Uh, and uh, you can go out there. I'm going to try to put this in the closed captioning uh, section of the uh, uh, video as well. And also, uh, you can always email me at dunamis1 at netzero.com. That's dunamis1 at netzero.com. You can also go out to uh, our I Am My Brother's Keeper website, which is linked to the uh, Dunamis Word blog. The I Am My Brother's Keeper website is a site that uh, uh, we use to talk about and to encourage what's called the Safe Church Plan, which is a plan to prevent, uh, not just to react to, but to prevent uh, sexual abuse uh, within the context of the church and to also minister to victims effectively that have been victimized of sexual abuse and and all of these um, uh, horrible things that can sometimes happen in closed groups. Now, 
Uh, as I've said earlier um, uh, in the first broadcast, I don't want to uh, uh, bash the Catholic Church. Okay, the Catholic Church certainly has uh, been exposed and uh, uh, been, uh, you know, uh, many of their uh, uh, priests or some of their priests uh, have been uh, placed themselves in these positions to where they have uh, sinned, they have violated the Bible, they have proven that they actually do not believe in the Word of God uh, by their own actions, and those things have, have come out. Uh, we're not talking about uh, just uh, relationships that happen within the church so far as adulterous affairs and all that uh, between consenting adults. What we're talking about is situations of rape where children, uh, younger people, uh, individuals have been raped and taken advantage of that have been used for, uh, uh, for sinful, uh, damnable, uh, from the pit of hell purposes. Uh, and many of those situations uh, have been done uh, in the name of Christ or in the name of God and under the cover of serving uh, God. So, this is uh, very important. And as I said in the first broadcast, we're not Catholic bashing because these things are happening throughout the uh, uh, church world. And I don't want to say that they're wholesale. I'm not trying to paint that picture that uh, that these are wholesale practices that happen. No, but they are things that happen. And the way that these things have been addressed has been totally inadequate uh, all around the country for the body of Christ. And we have been one of the front running advocates within uh, uh, the community to call for a better standard in dealing with uh, uh, sexual abuse and better standard in dealing with the prevention of sexual abuse uh, within the context of the church and a much better standard of dealing with it uh, uh, all together so far as response and all of that. So prevention, response, uh, healing uh, the victim as well as healing the perpetrator's um, uh, a family and remaining church. You have a pastor that you've supported or a leader that you've supported uh, uh, for years and he goes off and does this type of thing. That has an effect on the congregation. The congregation needs healing. It just can't go on and people uh, sit up and, and unfeeling and uncaring uh, talking about some, well, well, I'm glad he's out. I'm glad he's gone and so forth and so on. And it, it, You need healing as a church. You need healing uh, uh, that uh, pastor or that minister who failed. Uh, that person needs healing too but uh that that you know the first healing that needs to happen is the victim those who have been raped molested they need healing they, there's priority so if we're taking out a list we're going to start with the victim and 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 heal them of their victimization and then we're going to go all the way down that list and and recognize that there's pain that's been sold along the way and those things you just can't cover up like i was saying in the last broadcast these uh folks uh, made a a habit they made it a point let's cover up uh our tracks i, I talked about the uh, about six or seven things that they did in order to uh, to try to cover up their their sins. One of the things was is that the church was unfeeling. The the leaders were unfeeling. They said, move these people off to uh, to various places and do various things, uh, whereby um, you know we minimize the appearance, how we appear. And this is one thing that I have a problem with. I talked about uh, Kojic because I'm in Kojic. I am a district superintendent. 
uh, within Kojic, been appointed at that position. Uh, you know, you can take my appointment if you want to, uh, but you can't take my pastoral call because my call didn't come from you. My appointment may have come from you, but my call didn't come from you. My call came from uh, God himself. And so that's why I'm not really worried because it's going to be the same message whether I'm a superintendent or not. Uh, whether I sit in the bishop's chamber uh, or stand on the um, uh, general assembly floor or not. Uh, so I, I talk about the Church of God in Christ from the perspective uh, that this is a great church. However, we have miserably, miserably failed in the area of ministering to victims of sexual abuse. We've taken out a big checkbook. Yes, we know. I've, okay, I've been a part of cases uh, that have come up where these things uh, have been pointed out. I've had uh, uh, was deposed for six hours in a particular case uh, with a uh, particular person um, uh, that uh, whom I know that uh, uh, ran off and did some things, did some horrible things. I don't want to mention uh, uh, here altogether, but nevertheless deposed six hours. They were getting ready to move in on them, and somebody took out a checkbook someplace and wrote that thing off. They closed that case up. Okay. Non-disclosure agreements and all that. That shouldn't be a part of the church world. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I know it's difficult. I know it's uh, hard to understand. And, and, and like I said, uh, I believe uh, the greatest church in the world, but we have failed when it has come to ministering to victims of uh, sexual abuse. We have failed when it comes to ministering to individuals that need healing. And that need us to stand on uh, their side. Uh, none of these young people should be victimized the way that they have been uh, victimized. And like I said, it's not wholesale, but from place to place and from time to time, we've got to have a better plan in place. I advocate uh, uh, next time I make it to the General Assembly, I'm going to advocate to be on the General Assembly list so that this church can actually take up a resolution and a plan, make church law to make victims advocacy a part of our national church program and then get this thing organized within our, our jurisdictions uh, and in our regions so that that way people can have a fail safe and also train pastors and churches on best practices to avoid these things. You can't be a, a, a spiritual police standing up, just policing everything that goes on. We understand that, but there are certain things that you can do. There's certain uh, rotations that you can have among staff. There's certain accountabilities and, and accountability plan that you must have in order to make sure uh, or ensure that our children, our uh, individuals that are in church, whether they're young or old, are safe at all times when it comes to moral and physical uh, uh, types of things uh, uh, like this. There's there's a little bit. It doesn't take much to do. And then we need third party accountability. Uh, what what am I talking about? We need uh, to allow ourselves uh, to to give over numbers. What's actually happening within our churches? Where are these things happening? What can we do about those things to to correct the problems? As long as we try to hide them, we're paying paying money, writing out checks. That's that's horrible. I'm not giving you my tithe money. I'm not giving you my money for you to write off a check to try to cover some up that's going on. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> we're not we're not doing that. I, I work too hard for for my money, and it comes in. Sometimes few and far in between, <laughs> but it's, uh, we're not doing that type of game to where I take my funds to help you cover 
your mess or the mess of someone else. I'm not going to be a partner in your evil. You've got to be careful because you can be a partner in the evil of other people. And um, we're not going to be a partner uh, in those type of things. So I'm sorry. You got a maybe you got a rogue superintendent here. That's all right. Like I said, if you want that title, take it back. I'll give you the I'll give you the black and gold uh, 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 rope. That's fine with me. And, and, and you know that's fine. I give you the cross at that. Well, I can't give you the cross. Well, I give you that cross because the cross that I have is is one that you can't see anyway. But nevertheless, uh, uh, so w- we've got to be mindful of of these type of things, and we've got to be real in dealing with it. Now, this is convocation time. A lot of folks we, we're running around. Everybody's at convocation, getting ready for November. Everybody want to go to St. Louis. Folks are advocating, oh, we want to go back to Memphis, all this type of stuff. Listen, I, I don't I don't know. I don't really care. The only thing I know is I want to be where Christ is. If we're where Christ is, we're all right. And guess what? The last I knew he was everywhere. So if we have this thing in somebody's backyard, we're going to be all right as long as God is in control of it. So you you have your little issues. That's fine with me. My issues are about healing those who have been hurt, those who have been uh, 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 victimized, those who have been abused. And, and, and we get, got to get rid of these these hard feelings that we have and, and talking about, uh, you know, the very first thing that happens in situations like this is that uh, uh, you get a group of people in the church and they try to blame the victim for their victimization. Oh, she was too fast anyway. Or he was too this and he was too that. When you have a 18-month-old in this Catholic church scandal, you have an 18-month-old. What has that 18-month-old done that's, uh, that made them a victim? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. These children have done nothing. These young people have done nothing that made them a victim except for be in the wrong place and around the wrong uh, uh, pervert, around the pervert period. L- uh, listen here, uh, let me share with you just from the report a few additional things uh, uh, that, that that came out here. Um, one uh, particular priest admitted uh, to his his debauchery. He admitted to his sin, and uh, when he was confronted, you know, it, it took being confronted before he admitted to it but nevertheless he admitted to it when he was confronted and he said please help me he confessed i sexually molested a boy this comes from the report um that was put out uh, by uh this grand jury in pennsylvania this comes from this report he said he said i sexually molested a boy you know what the diocese concluded the jurisdiction or the 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 church concluded they they said that the experience that he had molested this child will not uh, uh, necessarily be a horrendous trauma for the victim. This is what they said. This is what the church said. It won't necessarily be a tremendous, uh, horrendous trauma. In other words, they're uncaring, unfeeling, unholy, indecent, period. They said it's not going to necessarily be a tremendous trauma uh, for the victim and that the family should just be given an opportunity to ventilate. You know, uh, uh, and the chief was left unrestricted in ministry for several more years, despite his own confession. Are you serious? Just let the family, you know, 
have, you know, their ease. Let them confess. Let them take out their anger. Let them say what they want to say. Don't be mad at the family. Just let them vent. And uh, and then we'll leave everything else the way it is. And, and priests can go on and do what he does. Now, how many times does that happen within our churches? I'm talking about the non-Catholic churches. Yes, I know of situations where churches have gone to court and fought for these pedophiles. Pedophiles that have defiled children, boys and girls. And you have ignoramuses in the church that feel that uh, the, the, the broke message of their pastor or leader or teacher is more important than healing those that are brokenhearted. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. To set at liberty them that were bound. To set the captive free. And you mean to tell me that at some point these people feel that the things that they're doing are more important than the things that, that Christ has set up and set forth? This is exactly what happened here. This is in the report. This is nothing that I'm making up. Let's read on uh, just a little bit farther. The very next case. This is on page four. I haven't even got past, you know, page 10 of this thousand page report yet. But here is page four. And the Diocese of Erie. Uh, um, uh, despite a priest's admission. Here's another priest. He admitted to assaulting at least a dozen young boys. The bishop wrote to to thank him. The bishop. This man's bishop, the priest confessed, but the bishop turned around and wrote uh, the, 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 the priest, the pastor of the church, and said, thank you for all that you've done for God's people. Are you serious? Thank you for all you've done? What? Thank you for raping these children? Thank you for being a criminal predator? Thank you for being the worst defilement. Thank you for uh, bringing sin in the church and defiling the whole congregation. Are you serious? Thank you. This is what the bishop wrote. Guess what? When uh, your bishop, whoever he is, decides, let's not talk about uh, brother, brother Watermelon. Let, Let me say it like that. Because I call a name, somebody's going to think I'm talking about them, that I've received some information. I'm receiving information on you. This is the Holy Ghost talking to you. And and some of you I know are watching. Some of you are guilty. That's okay. But let me tell you, here we go. When your bishop passes the plate or passes you off, shuffles the buck and says, okay, you go ahead and do this. Everything will be all right. When he does that, this is the same equivalence of saying thank you for damaging those children. When you as a congregation stand up and say, uh, I, I love my pastor no matter what he's done. Everybody has sinned. Everybody has fallen short. I'm going to stand with my pastor no matter what, what he's done because we've all sinned. You have just endorsed sin and evil. You are not on the side of the Lord. I'm like Moses. Whose side are you on? Are you on the Lord's side or on you or are you on your own side? You're on the devil's side. That's whose side that you're on. But here it is. This man wrote him. The bishop wrote him. Thank you for all that you've done for God's people. The Lord who sees in private will reward. What? (laughs) Are you sick? If this was. If this wasn't written in the record, I would say, man, you've got to be crazy. Nobody would would think in their right mind like that. But here we here we go. 
Another pr- priest confessed uh, to anal and oral rape of at least 15 boys. In other words, he forced them orally and he raped them anally. He raped them orally and anally. He confessed in a letter to at least 15 and the bishop later met with the abuser to commend him as a person of candor and sincerity and to compliment him for the progress he has made in controlling his addiction and then left the man in the in the in the parish saying nothing else needed to be noted are you serious god help us holy ghost listen this Every page that I've turned to in this particular report is a bombshell, but I'm looking at it not just from the Catholic perspective. I'm looking at this from things that I know within the non-Catholic perspective, within the church in general, the Protestant church, uh, uh, evangelical, Lutheran, uh, Methodist, non-Methodist, AME, CME, uh, Church of God in Christ, uh, Holiness Church, wherever we have churches, we have issues, we have some problems, and they begin with not setting the foundation of the church and of God up correctly. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, my time is fleeting here. I've got to go. I've got another broadcast that I'm going to bring into, into this one, may even do one here right away. But I want to thank you for joining uh, me right now on this broadcast. Listen, I'm praying for these people, praying for the victims. Uh, please join me in that prayer that they would be healed, whole, and set free. Listen, my friend, um, until next time, this is Pastor Harvey Burnett wishing you Godspeed and God bless you is my prayer.